Hello and welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and I'm here to let you know that this is a not safe for work podcast. We are teachers at the end of the week and really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about our jobs without having to worry about losing them. So we'll be using pseudonyms throughout the podcast, hence the Elvis. Now, before we go any further, I want to do one thing. This episode, we're going to talk about student suicide, and it's a very difficult conversation. It's a very difficult subject in general. And so I want to warn if you, if you are triggered by talking of suicide or hearing people talk or discuss it, this probably isn't the episode for you. I recommend going into our back catalog. I just want to give you a fair warning. Now, I'd also like to thank all of the patrons who support us at Patreon because we have a Patreon. That's right. For as little to five to $10 a month, you get all kinds of bonus episodes, extra content. We have an amazing Facebook group with lots of friends in it. We have weekly uh, live recording. Well, okay. Not weekly live recordings. We had a live recording this week, yesterday, where the patrons got to join in and chat with us and have conversations throughout the recording episode. It was so much fun. We also do watch parties. We have events. It's great. So join our Patreon. Do it now! And now I want to thank all of our patrons. Here we go with our newest, Miss Shannon E., Helena C., Aaron B., Stephanie S., Maggie M., Texas Teacher Kristen, Miss Sunshine, Hattie F., James and Allie J., Jody D., Samantha D., Lisa C., Rachel, Tarina, Exhaustive Band Director, Kimberly K., Kim K., Jessica A., Swivel Evo, Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Melissa V, Steph, Science Teach 17, Michael M, William P, Sarah O, Aldrich T, La Scorpianita, Britt M, Iron Swine, Noel R, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Caitlin L, Marsha M, Christina B, Miss Alabama, Kristen B, Jason F, Amber H, Abby B, Ann T, Sarah B, Regina N, Josie S, Sam B, Lucy P, Mary E, Jamie B, Red Violin, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, RJR, Kristen C, Johanna H, Tony, Christina K, Irma A, Nimi, Melissa M, and Care Bear, Sarah N. All right, my friends, thank you for listening and helping and supporting us. I love our patrons. They keep us going. If you don't want to join the patron or if you're just, you know, a broke teacher like me, like almost all of us, you can always just leave a review and subscribe and help spread the word. Tell a few of your friends who are, you know, cool, not assholes about our podcast. They might enjoy it. Last but not least, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Ludlam Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or you know a theater teacher or there's one in your building, send them to Ludlam Dramatics. Ludlam Dramatics makes theater posters for the classroom, like how to do certain things in theater. It explains difficult and some simple theater concepts so that the kids and students can understand what's going on. If you're forced to do like a UIL play or the after school drama club, go to Ludlam Dramatics. They will have some excellent resources for you to put up in your classroom there. Ludlamdramatics.com. They are the best. All right, my friends, I am so glad you are here. This is a really good episode. This all came off of a letter that was written to us through the contact page of our website at Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. If you have something to share, you can hit us up through there too. I'd like to thank Banshee. Our heart goes out to you for having to go through everything that you talk about. All right, friends, enjoy episode 128. Welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. Oh, Jesus. You have to stop. And welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and today I am joined by the wonderful Wayne Kerr. Hi. I was just introduced to this thing called channels. Now I can organize things. (laughs) Oh, you dirty bastard. And also with us today, Miss Lucia Lane. Hi, y'all. I'm happy to be see, hear you. I can't see you, but it's been a minute. It has. 
And also with us today, Ms. Rosie Rose. Yes, hello. How are you? I'm fantasticals. And last but not least, mm-hmm. we have the wonderful, gorgeous Mama Bunny O'Hare. Oh, hi, Elvis. Hi, folks. Hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm so happy, happy, happy. So we have a lot of patrons listening in today. So let's talk about life right now. So it is, where are we? So we're just back from spring break, or I'm back from spring break. I had kind of an longer spring break. I went to Memphis to a teacher convention. And then while I was out there, I told a little bit about this on the Patreon. I was I rented one of those little scooters you can ride around, like the electrical things they have in towns that drunk people are obnoxious with. And it was because to get to like Beale Street where all the stuff was happening in Memphis, it was like a mile and a half from the hotel. And I didn't want to have to keep paying like eight to 12 bucks in Uber each time. So I'd pay two bucks and ride this little scooter. And my little stoned ass was having a great time going in and out. And I bundled up and I'd go have drinks and eat gumbo. That's what you- <laughs> it was fantastic. Except the very, very last night I was there, it was starting to snow and people were talking about snow. And I was like, yeah, I'm not too worried. I was, I lived in Alaska. I lived in the Appalachian mountains. I can handle all this. But I forgot places outside of Texas, if it starts snowing, sometimes snow will just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And so I went to a bar and I got a bourbon and I got some food and I was sitting there and I looked out the window. I was like, wow, the snow is really coming down now. And I looked out again like 40 minutes later and there was like five inches of snow on the ground and it was just coming down and coming down. It wasn't supposed to stop for another three or four hours. Oh, shit, I got to get out of here. And I couldn't because all the Ubers were gone and I didn't want to walk a mile. So my happy stone drunk ass rode a little electric scooter through six inches of snow back. And apparently inhaling cold air after, you know, talking nonstop for a week straight kills your voice. And so I didn't get yeah, my no shit for like until last Tuesday. Rosie helped me return my uh, re- rental car I'd used. And when I got in the car, it's like, holy shit, you sound horrible. No, I pretty much was like, do you have the Rona? Get the fuck out of my car. (laughs) Yeah, it was a thing. But I'm back now. I'm having a hard time adjusting to life. When I was back for my last four or five days of spring break, I was dealing with, you know, ex-relationship traumas and bullshit and my own personal stuff. But I'm also in therapy and life is good. I had therapy last week. It was brilliant. I had some wonderful breakthroughs. I've got a, actually, I've got a digital therapy session at nine o'clock tonight when I finish this. And so I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm on the right side of things. I just got to get through all the, all the bullshit. I'm so fucking proud of you. Oh, I thank you. Like so goddamn proud of you. Like snaps for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I can use the snaps, but I want to talk to all you other guys. Cause I haven't heard you guys in a long time. Uh, Wayne, it's been a minute since I've talked to you. And since you've been on the podcast, what have you been up? Are you back in school yet? How are things going? Yes, we've been back in school for a week. So this is like the second Monday after our spring break. See here, Miss Kerr and the, what do we call the children? The Curlets? No, it's the Wanklets. The Wanklets. The Wankles. The Wankles. So anyhow, so the The (laughs) Curlets. Okay, so. So um, we decided to get out of the state and do a whole bunch of driving and hiking at various different state parks. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, even though Arkansas highways suck, like they looked like they were put together by a kid with a crayon on a map. 
Um, I'm going to say their state parks are awesome and mostly they're free. So if you're ever like, you know, oh my goodness, I need a free vacation, go to Arkansas. I want to hear from Lucille Lane. It's been several weeks since we heard from you. How is life? How is your new job? How did you have a spring break? I mean, you're not a teacher anymore, so. No, but let me tell you what I could do. (laughs) What? I did not have a spring break, but I could in the middle of the week hop a plane to Colorado and go snowmobiling um, and work from home during the day and then like cut the day short and then like get on a snowmobile. Like that is bad. That, that's what I, that's my life now. <laughs> You're living the dream. Lucille, I'm very, very happy for you. Is everything good? Everything's good. Yeah. I mean, once in a while, like I'll miss teaching just to see the people that I used to work with. Oddly enough though, last week, um, I had um, an ex-teacher friend of mine. We still keep in touch. And she's like, what are you doing? Because she got out of teaching too. So we actually sat down at my kitchen table and just worked together. And it was like working together again, except for two different companies. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's very cool. And then Rosie, we, we've been chatting with you, but how are you doing? What's going on? Oh, hi. Um, uh, today was my last day of spring break. Um, we had the Friday before last week and then today. Um, so I go back to work tomorrow. I spent most of the day making a note for my teachers on how not to be a fucking idiot and when to send kids to the nurse's office. (laughs) So let's hope that that goes over well. But, um, other than that, I'm good going to therapy, doing stuff, you know. Bunny, it's time to talk about you. So next, I want to hear from Bunny O'Hare. I haven't heard from you. Mama, how was your spring break with the Fufu? What's going on? Uh, my spring break with the Fufu was nice. We um, we adulted for part of the time. Um, Mr. O'Hare and I did the adult- adulting. There was doctor appointments and veterinarian visits and general adulting. And then we just kind of took it easy. That is beautiful. You're in one of those great places because Fufu is still kind of luggage. Where I know she she needs attention and she needs things, but she's fairly easy. Like she's not getting into stuff on her own yet, which is a beautiful thing. Right, and she's she's a really easygoing little little foo foo. So we we got very lucky on that front. And she's yeah. so fucking cute. All right, we have an email here from the mailbag. This is from the Teacher Needs to Drink contact page. And this is from Banshee. And Banshee's title was, Needing a Space to Just Scream at This Point. I lost a student to depression this week. They were part of my GSA club, such a positive spirit and beautiful soul, and just snuffed out. My social worker reached out to me to ask if they had said anything, and I'd indicated not in the club. And I didn't see this student otherwise, and I trust that my peers were tackling what they could. And right now, my mind is dark. That if I hadn't canceled club that Thursday, where I had intended to talk about depression and LGBT and to contact an adult, maybe it would have been the sign this student needed. And today, the district released a post about the student, and I made the mistake of reading the comments. My principal had advised us not to, and it was just parents shitposting on the school. Yes, I can acknowledge that on our end, bullies should have been handled. It's been a huge complaint amongst the staff that discipline was falling so short. Other years, it's always been a problem. But with this group lacking such social and academic skills and boundaries, it's way worse. I'm so angry, I'm so hurt, and I'm so tired, and I want so much more for students like the one we lost. Fuck. 
Yeah, my words exactly. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's not this teacher's fault. Unfortunately, when someone is that far gone or where they're that deep in depression, you can't blame yourself. No. And while I'm sure there's steps we could, there's all kinds of shoulda, wouldas. That's not a game you can play. It's not healthy. It's just going to break you. You can't blame yourself with it. And at some points, there's not really much you can do. However, we do need to make sure that we are observing kids and what's going on. And we try our best that we humanly can. And I say humanly meaning that like we don't need to spend 24 hours a day with every student that looks under the weather is not happy or something bad going on. But humanly being that we do our part just to make sure we identify and we communicate with people and just show that, Hey, we see you as a person like, you know, learning a student's name or just saying hello to them can make a huge difference. But this is devastating. And I I don't know. Number one for Banshee, I I can pretty much guarantee if you had had club that Thursday, this might have still happened. There's no way you can blame yourself for that. In regards to what you were saying about even if you hadn't canceled club on Thursday, that this could have still happened. The thing is, when it comes to someone who has already made the decision to end their life, there is really nothing that you can say that is going to stop that because it is not a decision that they take lightly and it is not something that they're, they're thinking, Oh, well, you know, nobody loves me. I'm going to die. They literally believe that nothing is going to help the way they are feeling than no longer existing. Um, and which is why we as educators really need to understand the certain language that we use with our students. Um, like we don't say, um, they committed suicide or even that they took their own life. You say, like she said so beautifully in the post, um, she lost a student to depression instead of she had a student who killed themselves. Or you would say this person had a death by suicide because whenever we use, you know, negative language like committed or did this, it just comes across, I don't know. It just comes across really shitty. Yeah. I had a student my first year who, took their life at school, like in the, in the school that I was working in. Um, and it was, I didn't know the student, but I was called to check on the student. And it was my first year as a school nurse. And I will never, ever, ever forget that. I feel so, so much for Banshee. And I feel so much for what they're going through and thinking if I could have just done this, but we cannot, what if it, we cannot say that, we can't do that to ourselves because then we cannot help others in the future if we are still dwelling on the what if I did something differently. How do you deal with something like this? And it's really hard because the schools will not talk about it. They don't want to publicize that. And families don't want to talk about this understandably. They're either very upset about it or they, are, they feel shameful or they're depressed. I mean, it's just... They just lost someone very, very close to them. And so it becomes this taboo subject that no one really talks about until, you know, we have a kid who's bullied and the way they decide to deal with 
committing suicide is to take someone else out with them. And that's when it's in the news. The what if game is never going to help you. There's that whole thing of, well, if I had done this, it would have ended out differently. Even if you had done something differently, that doesn't mean that the result would not change. They may still do, I mean, just depending, depending on how determined they are, they're going to still do what it is that they plan to do. Um, and the other part I'm going to say, and this is speaking from personal experience of, yes, is an absolute tragedy. It absolutely is. And you absolutely miss the person uh, when you know that person. And, um, but eventually you're going to have to learn to forgive yourself. It may have not been you that had driven them to it, but it's also the aspect of they made their choice and you have to still move on with your life, but find other people that you can help. Find other ways to reach out to others and just know the signs. If you know the signs, then you can at least, you know, like if you yourself don't feel comfortable with addressing the issue with the student, then know the science and at least get the counselor involved and say, look, I see this, I think this, could you please sit down and talk with, I don't know, little Jimmy. So, but definitely know the signs. If they're starting to give away things that are very sentimental to other people, um, that's one of the signs I can tell you. If there's uh, if they're talking about it, um, then definitely get someone to, uh, to, but don't ever leave them alone. At a previous campus on the suicide task force team, statistically, talking about suicide, there the numbers don't show that talking about it makes a person more likely to do it. Like yes, as far as thank you, as far as mentioning it or asking somebody, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? That that statistically does not lead to people going, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And then it, you're not putting an idea in somebody's head by saying it, basically. So it's right. the protocol that we learned was, um, it was QPR, question, persuade, respond, or uh, refer, sorry, question, persuade, refer. We were encouraged to like ask the students straight out, are you thinking about hurting yourself? And... If they said no, then, you know, okay, you know, keep talking to them. See if you can find out, you know, if something's going on. If, and if they said yes, then, you know, okay, how immediate is this? Like, do you have a plan? Do you, you know, there's statistically it's, I want to reassure y'all that it, it is okay to ask a kid. You're not going to put the idea in their head. Um, Asking them directly is okay. And then the, um, so that was the Q question. P was persuade. Um, do everything you can to try to get them to seek out or go with you, go persuade them to go with you to seek out help or assistance of some kind. And then refer was make sure that they get referred to either um, social or psychological or whatever sort of services would be helpful for them in that situation. But um, it's okay to ask and it's okay to be blunt about it. There's actually statistical evidence and um, research evidence that the more blunt you are in talking about it, um, 
really honestly, the better you are to find out if a child or a student is really thinking about killing themselves. Um, because if we're beating around the bush and like, okay, well, do you want to hurt you? They, they don't take that in the same way. If you just outwardly say, have you thought about killing yourself? It's not going to make them think like, oh man, I haven't, but now I am. But if they have been thinking about that, that gives them that moment of complete honesty of, oh yeah, I have been thinking about that. And then your follow-up question would be, have you thought about ways to do so? Like, what have you thought? Like, again, you're not planting that into their head, but you're getting from them. This is how they've thought about this. You need to know if they have that sort of, you know, if they're saying, yeah, I thought about shooting myself. Well, do they live in a house that has guns? You know, that's the kind of like process thinking that those of us who are on a crisis team go through. So if you get those questions from a student already, that kind of helps that helps those of us, like whether it be the school nurse or the principal or the counselor or whatever, it helps them kind of understand like, oh shit, this is immediate or yes. okay, this student is going to be okay. The one thing after um, teaching, I want to, one thing I want to touch upon w- without, you know, uh, anyone mentioning this, um, I've worked in middle schools and elementary schools and I have heard threats about killing oneself at all ages. It's not just like people, people tend to think, oh, high school, right? Because they have more problems or whatnot. Now I've had a lot of um, elementary kids, like third, fourth grade, who talked about killing themselves because they have some really rough lives. And um, they may not know what that means entirely, but they know that it's immediate and that's the only way that they could feel better. So I think just knowing that it's not just one particular age group is um, helpful too. And unfortunately, with the way our society is more geared today, I am seeing that kind of outcry in such younger and younger kids. I had a second grader before break. The week before that, I had a kindergartner who came into my office and told me he wanted to kill himself and exactly how he was going to do it. Six years old. So... Even if you're working in elementary, it is definitely something I would suggest looking into. There's like free certifications on the warning signs looking in your children. But especially nowadays, I mean, good God. One thing that I always think that some people tend to forget is um, the emotional state of some of these kids. And I'm not talking about the ones that are already at the suicide point, as in like everyone forgets this age where emotions run high. And it's it's like they haven't learned to self-manage yet. And I think it's even worse with the kids for the past couple of years because they haven't been around kids in the classroom. So they really don't know how to self-manage. They don't know how to compare their behavior to another. But, you know... The thing is, is that they're going to such extremes now that it's becoming a little bit more, um, I don't know. Well, okay, statistically, I can't prove this, but it's, I don't know if we're getting more numbers increased or we're just talking about it more. And in which case, if kids are talking about it more, I think that's in a healthier direction that they're coming and talking and saying, I'm having these feelings, like, please talk to me, versus it's. Uh, I'd rather hear a kid tell me, look, I'm thinking about this, 
then go silent because that's the problem with some of our kids that do actually go that direction. They're silent all this time, and then they think that the one and only way that people are going to hear them is in their death. And that's tragic. A hundred percent. Uh-huh. I had a kiddo with our last standardized testing last year. Um, I think she's probably a sixth grader this year, but she has a severe stutter. Like this, the worst stutter I've ever heard. And she um, also has dyslexia. So she has a lot of trouble with learning. And I got in trouble actually with my admin. It was my first year at my school last year. And I got a, a warning, gave me, um, because I basically told her that standardized testing is bullshit and it doesn't matter. Um, because she was stressing herself out so much that she was getting sick and coming to my office multiple times a week. And so when we finally talked about it, I was like, this is just a test. It does not define who you are. Screw it. Go in there, do your best. But at the end of the day, who fucking cares? Obviously, I didn't say fuck to a child, but you know what I'm saying. As far as like next steps, what to do after this, this could be an opportunity to kind of open up that conversation with the kids at your school and with those students. And like we said before, the talking about it doesn't make it more likely to happen. But what it does, you know, if we talk more openly with the students about what to be looking for in their peers and what to do if they think that somebody that they know or that they care about might not be safe to themselves, then hopefully that will help the students that are still here feel empowered to help if something comes up in the future. Because I don't know, for me, when I get overwhelmed or stressed about something, I tend to dive into the research and dive into reading about it. You hope to God that it never happens again. But for me, at least, it makes me feel, I don't know, better is not the wrong, not the right word, but it gives me a little bit of hope or comfort to know that if something, if a kid is feeling like that in the future, maybe now I have the tools to be able to recognize it. All that to say, like, maybe, maybe this can be a call to action for the kiddos at the school. Maybe we can all be a little bit more aware of talking about it and being upfront about it. I appreciate Banshee sending this letter, and I hope if Banshee can take anything, number one is that it is not Banshee's fault that this happened. That not there at all. Nothing that not they could all. have done. And while Banshee did not say that the student was bullied because they were LGBT, the only reason I bring this up because it said that Banshee said that they had intended to talk about depression, LGBT community, and contact adult if something was needed. Um. I find think it's really, really important that we as teachers acknowledge that students and people who are LGBT are exactly that. They are just people who are LGBT. There is nothing wrong with them. There is nothing that needs to be changed or fixed about them and that they are not a problem that needs to be solved. And at, at an age, especially when they're teenagers and they feel the whole world is staring at them, when they feel that they are less than because of who they love or who they are attracted to, it's it's criminal. And I think us as leaders in the community, or at least in the school, just acknowledging that it's common and it's everywhere and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and that we love them as much as any other students 
that goes a long way. We talked about how like you can fix a lot of problems in classes by just, you know, acknowledging the students, communicating them, not just letting them float into the back and then float out. And if you can even just make comments not towards a student, not about a student, but in your class, just like, yeah, no, and there's nothing wrong with this, where you can just talk about people being gay as just a normal fact of life. Now, unfortunately, a lot of places like Florida are trying to make that against the law right now. And I believe students who are in that state are probably struggling extra hard because if you're struggling with your own personal identity and then you hear the government's making illegal to even talk about it, how is that going to make you feel? It could probably make you depressed and suicidal or feel like, oh my God, this would be so much easier for my parents if I wasn't here, if they didn't have to deal with a gay son or a gay daughter or someone who doesn't feel they fit. And so we need to make sure that we acknowledge these kids and that if we truly are allies and if you truly feel this way, that you show that and you don't hide it. I will jump in for you. Um, first, I want to acknowledge what La Scorpionita said. Um, where she said within the same giving space and emotional support to LGBTQ kids, make sure we're also giving similar space to our um, BIPOC kids, like our black indigenous people of color children who are walking around traumatized just simply because they're not white. And that is the society we live in. And I 100% agree with her on that. We need to make sure that we are holding space for all of our babies. Um, But I, my biggest thing is I see so many teachers Um, specifically um, in the evangelical church who believe that it is their right to not love and accept their different students, Um, whether it be their students who are neurodivergent or they, um, you know, are uh, LGBTQ or whatever it is they believe, Oh, because of, you know, my religion, it's my right to now, if you can't love and accept your students, don't be a fucking teacher. If you cannot love and accept every single inch of your student when they need it, don't be a fucking teacher. That's, I mean, get out of the fucking classroom. If you can't love them, GTFO. The one thing that I always had to tell myself, like even with frustrations with some of my kids in my classrooms, and I had a lot of frustrations, um, especially uh, when you teach us tough subjects like special ed, which I taught for a long time. Because like, you know, you have your own shit and then you go to work and then you have teachers who don't um, follow, you know, IEPs, (laughs) they, um, you get frustrated with that. And then you get sometimes get frustrated with the kids because you feel like you just taught this thing five seconds ago and it's still not hitting. And the beginning of the day, you need to realize like, what are these kids dealing with? How are they feeling? You know, um, even when that comes down to the, the LGBT community like what are they going on uh, I'm sorry what's going on in their heads you know what are they dealing with even at home and maybe this is their only safe spot because not everybody knows how they're feeling inside and keeping it as normal as possible um, but I think keeping perspective and and is a is a big deal it's a real big deal no it's huge love is love is love love thy damn neighbor you know fuck florida gay is gay dude there are so many kids that need the love and so many kids that um we absolutely need to watch out for and make certain that um our bullies are not targeting 
And then, in which case, give them all the support they need and give them any kind of uh, support system that they need. I'm going to put on my religious person hat here for a second and say to any LGBT people who might be listening, you are loved and you are created in the image of the divine and don't let anybody tell you differently. I love Bunny so much. Amen. I've known Bunny for so long. And Buddy knows how I feel about church and going to church and being a church person. But man, anytime Bunny says shit that has to do with like the Jesus and like how much he loves the people, I just, I I sob like a baby because Bunny is one of those people that actually practices what she preaches and so when I tell people that like I have friends that are really good Christian people, I talk I'm talking about Bunny because that's who she is as a person. No, Bunny is Bunny is the best of us. I know she has her moments where she does horrible, horrible things and stabs people, but she is one of the sweetest people. But only people. when I think I'm there. She doesn't ever do those things without my influence. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, guess what? What the fuck you want? I bet I know. I bet I know. What? We have a Patreon. No, no shit. Way. That's right. We have a Patreon for as little as five to ten dollars a month. You can support us and help us keep going, and you get to join our cool Patreon community where you can join us while we talk on these live recording sessions. You can join our Facebook group and schmooze and get to know some of the hosts and some other like-minded teachers. And also, you get access to a huge backlog of exclusive content episodes that is only for the Patreon. There's interviews with the host. There's all, there's all kinds of stuff. I think there's like 70 or something episodes in there now that you only get if you're the Patreon. So sign up and do it now. Do it. Woo-hoo! Do it yeah. now. So would you rather be unable to pee without looking into someone else's eyes or drink a glass of all the sweat you lost throughout the day every night before bed? I'm sorry. I completely like ADHD zoned out. Could you read both of those again? I will too. Shannon needs it. Thank you. Here we go. Would you rather be unable to pee without looking into someone else's eyes or drink a glass of all the sweat you lost throughout the day every night before bed? I will look into somebody's eyes and pee every single time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Lucille here. I I really don't mind looking at someone. I could probably I I've, I've talked to many people while peeing, and so I could stare. And if that's my solution, I mean, what would I have to do if I was alone and I had to pee? Would I have to Facetime like Bunny? Bunny, pick up Bunny. Look at me in the eye. Dude, really, beautiful. Bunny is the person you would call because you had to piss. Yes, so... that poor thing. I'm start screening your calls, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get his bladder pop. So the loophole here is that maybe you just take a picture of somebody's eyes and then you just pull up that picture while you piss. I was just thinking like moving someplace cold so you don't sweat anymore. I'm down with a 65 degree <laughs> thermostat. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I mean, like when you say someone, could it be a cat? Sure. That's not a someone. I think it needs to be a person. Yes. Fine. They're not people. Yes, they are. <laughs> fighting words they can crowd be elders. your fur babies. They can be your best friends, but they are not 
Nymphadora is pissed at you now. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go ahead and weigh in and say that, yes, I'm going to look at somebody's eyes as I piss. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, go with I, that I, one, I, too. I'm probably going to call Elvis every time I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> just so I can look in his eyes while I pee, because, like... This, yeah, they said they don't, you could FaceTime someone. They don't have to know you're peeing. I'm, I'm also going with the pee option because um, it says you have to look into someone else's eyes. It doesn't say they have to look into yours. So I'm going with Wayne's loophole of just staring at a picture. That's fine. If you all do that, then it, like, what's the point? Because I feel like it would just be amusing at, at very, very minimum to just make it weird. I am with Lucille on this. Let's make it weird. Why are we making it weird? Because we can. All right, friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I thank all of my hosts that came here today. Mr. Wayne Kerr, I'm glad you were here. Thank you for having me. I'd like to come again. (laughs) Of course you would. (laughs) And also, Miss Lucille Lane, it's been a minute, but I'm glad you could join us. Oh, it's so good to be back every time. And Miss Rosie Rose, I'm glad you could bring yourself to be here. I'm so glad I could bring myself to you as well. And everyone else. And last but not least, I'm glad we have sweetness and light. It's a pleasure as always to have Miss Bunny O'Hare. Oh, he stole my line. <laughs> I knew you'd have to think of something on your own. Thanks for having me back. We love you guys. We love you. All right, my friends, everyone out there, take care of yourselves. Get therapy if you can. Remember, it's not your fault. And, of course, join our Patreon. we got lots of fun people here, and I've enjoyed spending the evening with all of them. All right, my friends, deep breaths, deep drinks. Cheers! Cheers, bitches! Eat your own food, you fucker. Do it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast comes out every Wednesday and is proudly sponsored by Lud Lamb Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or no one in your building, send them to ludlambdramatics.com and they can get all kinds of resources to put in their classroom. And you can hear my dog tippy-tapping in the background. Tippy-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap. I like to thank all of my sponsors at Patreon, all of our friends and our patrons out there who help keep us going. I love them and I enjoyed chatting with them as we did this. I'd also think to, like to thank the hosts that we had today, Miss Rosie Rose, Miss Bunny O'Hare. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain just went black. Lucio Lane and Mr. Wayne Kerr, they were all there. Last but not least, if you have something you'd like to share with us here at Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast, hit us up through the contact page of our website, teacherneedsdrinkpodcast.com. All right, my friends, take care of yourselves. I look forward to chatting with you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Cheers, everybody. Do 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 do